You're listening to Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast. We share the everyday routines of parents from all kinds of families. Our episodes start with getting to know each guest's family, then go through their daily routine and wrap up with some reflective questions about parenting. I'm Jerome Cluck, a stay-at-home dad to our daughter, Charlie, and half of your hosting team. And I'm Caitlin Kirby, Jerome's wife, Charlie's mom, and your podcast co-host. This week, we welcome Shauna to the podcast. Shauna shares her knowledge and personal experiences in parenting and urban homesteading on Instagram and Facebook at feathered underscore farm stand. Shauna and her husband have a blended family. They have a four-year-old and a 10-year-old living in the house with them and several adult children as well. Welcome, Shauna. Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. So, um... My name's Shauna. I'm 45. I am married to Mark. Um, We have mm, pretty large blended family. So he came with three. I have one for my previous marriage and then we had a daughter together. So um, I've got a large range of ages, everything from 24 to four. And so who lives with you then of the kids? So we have a 10-year-old daughter. She's um, mine from her previous marriage. She is with us um, residentially through the week. Um, And then we have a shared parenting agreement with my ex-husband. And then we have our youngest daughter. She's four, so she's with us all the time. What do you and your husband do for work? Oh, um, so we both work outside of the home. I work in human resources for labor unions. Um, I'm pretty much your go-to HR lady. Anytime you have a major life event, I'm the one you call and, you know, uh, report, um, you know, what's going on. Make sure that all of your insurance information is up to date, your beneficiaries, um, that type of thing. And then my husband is a plumber pipe fitter um, union by trade, but then he is in an administrative position right now um, for a local labor union. Are you HR for his union? So, yes. <laughs> I was going to get to that in a little later part of it, but we did meet um, through work. Um, the labor union that he works for is my largest client, but I have um, four others that I service as well. But yeah, we did meet for work. So it's it's quite the dynamic um, because his office is just, you know, three feet away from mine. So not only do we live together, work together, and then we have some shared hobbies as well. So um, it's quite a bit of karma. It's come, um, you know, like we're common ground, but then we also have to like find our own separate space so it's not so much overlap. Um, especially when it comes to parenting as well. So yeah, (laughs) you guys as well. Well, I work from home right now and he's a stay at home dad. So we are together a lot and we mostly love it. And also recognize that that time apart is important. He's been with the labor union, particularly for a long time, I think 20, 25 years, somewhere around there. And I've worked um, for this particular client for 15 years myself. So we were originally married to other people um, and then um, ended up divorcing. And then just through that 
um, time period, we just kind of found each other and gravitated to each other. If you knew us like personally, we're so different. It's kind of funny. Like people didn't believe at first that we were together um, just because we're, we're, we're completely opposites. But um, it was, it was kind of funny that we just somehow made it work and fell in love. And now we've got this, this beautiful family together. So how old were all the kids when you got together? Oh, that was probably the toughest. So my um, my daughter was two, though she didn't end up meeting Mark until she was around three. And then we had various stages. So 17, 14, and maybe around 10. And I guess I, this is where I want to jump in and say being a stepmom um, was never a job that I thought you know, I, I would take on or a role I would take on, I guess I should say, you know, I don't think there's any little girl that grows up and, you know, imagines herself in this, this situation where she's got these stepchildren. And, you know, um, it was quite a learning experience. You know, his, his older children, I had to say, um, you know, you guys have been kids longer than I've been a mom. Like I, I need you guys to kind of grade me on a curve, you know, and, and allow me to, to learn some things. And there were quite a bit of, um, you know, tough spots, but thankfully where we are now, we've come through that and have found ways to, um, you know, just communicate better and, 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 and gel as a family. But um, yeah, when, when we first got together, it was all of the awkward ages. I mean, just, and I, I just, I didn't have the, the experience or the knowledge. I, I just, I, I really didn't know what I was getting into. You know, you go into it with like this best faith effort and then it's like, oh, whoa. And you have to kind of, you know, take a step back. And I, I did a lot of that, but I will say in the last two years, we've been married now six. So in the last two years, things have been really, really good. How often do you see the adult kids then? Um, Christmas, you know, holidays, that's, mm -hmm. we're still really making, uh, cementing that relationship. Um, as a blended family, I will definitely say that that was probably the greatest lesson that I learned um, is that every relationship goes at its own pace and its own time. And um, so the, the oldest daughter, that's the one that's taken the most time, but we're, we're in a good place now. My oldest stepson, we they come over, he just got married in September. Both of our older children uh, just got married in September. Um, but my oldest stepson, him and his wife come over every other Friday. You know, um, that's he was 14, 15. So I went through those teenage years with him, which were extremely hard for me. Um, but he had a, a great girlfriend all through high school. They, they just got married. They're 21. They're, they're living their best lives. But they've allowed us to be a real part in that. Um, so we do, we see them quite often. And then um, the 16 year old son, he lives with um, his mother, um, my husband's previous wife. And then 
we see him every other weekend, um, holiday breaks, but like right now he's working. He's got his first, you know, real, you know, after school weekend job. So, um, you know, we've made some adjustments there in time spent as well. Okay. I, I'm putting you on the spot here so we can come back around to this question, but um, if there was any like advice that you could give to yourself, like, in the past as you were starting or kind of in the thick of that journey of becoming a, a stepmom, what would it be? To lower the expectation so much, you know, um, being a new mom myself, um, because my daughter was, was very young. She was only two, you know, you, you expect like this instant love. This is my child and we're going to have this bond and, and all that. And, I went into it like full force, but that's, that's a lot of my personality too. You know, I'm going to jump in the deep end and just kind of make the best of it. And, um, being a step parent, that's not the, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not going to say that's not the way to do it, but I mean, I understand everybody wants to, um, you know, have the white picket fence and, and this beautiful family and this relationship, but it really, really does take time. And, and not all of them, not all the relationships are going to develop at the same pace. You're going to have lots of, of setbacks. And I guess that was probably, um, like the hardest part for me to accept that and holidays this Christmas. So I guess it's probably been eight or nine years now since I had um, divorced my daughter's father. Um, this Christmas was the first Christmas that it felt like a real Christmas to me because we didn't have kids going here and there and trying to, you know, adjust for all of these time periods, you know, you're a new mom, you want to wake up and you want to see your kids open up presents and, and do all these things. And the reality of it is, is some kids are here on Christmas Eve and some are on Christmas Day and you have to be done by 1130 so that this one gets picked up at this time and all of the emotions that come with that. And it's a lot to handle and that that takes a while to navigate. So if I could go back and talk to, you know, myself, eight, nine years ago, I would say that reframe or reshape what your expectation is for holidays, because as a blended family step parent, that's, it's never what you really hope it can be. Yeah, I, um, my dad had had two kids before he met my mom. So I have that situation, like I'm the sort of your youngest daughter in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was definitely like, I was, not aware of all of those relationship pieces that happened, right? But like, I kind of tracked the winding road throughout the lifetimes and everybody has strong relationships now. Um, but I think it took a lot of patience on everybody's part. So good luck to you all yeah. and your family as you navigate that. Thank you. Thank you. As I said, I, I feel like, I feel like the last two years, but definitely the last six months have just felt really good you know it's felt like we finally found our way as a unit there's still work you know there to do but it doesn't feel so strained and walking on eggshells and and everyone is very accepting of kind of where we are now where do you all live so we're in a little suburb outside of Dayton Ohio um it's a really diverse small town 
which we love being not only um, a blended family with lots of age ranges, but we're also um, a biracial family. So um, biracial interracial family. So um, we've got just really great diversity within our school systems, within our neighborhoods. So we definitely um, enjoy that. But we as a family are, we have a single family home, uh, live on just a little less of an acre, but we're more on the agricultural side of town. You know, like our neighbors have, we have chickens and dogs and stuff ourselves, but like our neighbors have like pigs and goats and horses and, you know, all of that is kind of surrounding our area. Yeah, my childhood friend is probably my oldest friend. He was born in Dayton and they moved away when he was like four or five. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing I ever really remember him talking about his hometown was, uh, what was it, Kings Island or? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kings Island, the amusement park. It's about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour south of us, but it's pretty much the big draw. Like if you're from Dayton, Ohio, you talk about Kings Island, the Air Force Base Museum, um, you know, there's the Wright Pat Air Force Base. I, you know, there's there's a couple of things we're definitely known for, but yeah, we do Kings Island in the summer. And um, actually, we did um, a winter fest not too long ago. That was another big, you know, family um, commingling event. So it's a good time. So the four-year-old and the ten-year-old live with you. Um, where do mm -hmm. they each spend their days? Um, so the ten-year-old is in fifth grade. So she's at the local elementary school. My current job, as I said, we're kind of a hybrid office right now. So my hours are flexible enough that I'm able to get her on the bus or at least, um, you know, see her get on the bus and then be home by the time she gets home. And then the youngest, the four-year-old just started a new preschool. So um, the hours are a bit different than what we're used to um, before the pandemic, both, you know, my husband and I working outside of the home for some time we had full, you know, full-time daycare where we were dropping off at like 7.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning and then weren't picking up until 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. But since that has changed and with her preschool, um, we're now at more like an 8 to 4 schedule with her. So I drop her off on my way into work after I see the 10-year-old off on the bus and then my husband picks her up on his way home. And then who are your biggest supporters for your family in terms of extended family and friends and how often do you see them? So um, I've got some really great in-laws. Um, I guess definitely have to say um, that I married into a very supportive family anytime I need anything, but it's, I'm one of those women that it's hard for me to ask for help. Um, so I've got just a couple of people that I know, like, if I say, raise my hand, hey, I need a hand, or, you know, can you, like, they're right there, because they know I've exhausted almost every possibility, you know, <laughs> before I've asked somebody for help. But I, I do, I've got some really great in-laws, but my my biggest supporters, um, just like my go-to people are my next door neighbor. Um, she has um, children that are around the same age as um, my 10-year-old and my four-year-old. So um, I depend on her a lot. Some mornings when I have to go to work early, 
my 10 year old walks next door and gets on the bus at, um, you know, from her house. And then my daughter-in-law, um, my oldest stepson's daughter, or sorry, my oldest stepson's wife, <laughs> she, um, when they first got together, she was 15 and I was just like, 15 year old girls are L. <laughs> they're they're awful um but over the years you know we've we've really come to a place where um she knows who i am and and gives me um you know a a measure of respect that um i've earned from her and it's it's vice versa there too so she's another one when i say hey i need an extra hand with the girls or she says you know you look a little tired i know you've got things going on you want me to take him for you know friday night like she's right there for me so um that's that's pretty big my mother lives um about three and a half hours away but she comes and visits twice a year and it's only for an extended period of time, you know, maybe three weeks to a month at a time. And that gives, you know, quite a break for me too, because she's right in there, you know, helping with the girls laundry, you know, dishes, whatever. Um, and then me and my husband can take some time you know, a way if we want to do an overnight out or, you know, a weekend or something like that, she'll take care of the house and the girls for us. Having actual physical neighbors you can rely on is pretty incredible, pretty fortunate. Oh, I do. I, I'm actually going to say her name because Melissa is she's not only my um, in, uh, incredible best friend, but I, I mean, it's one of those things where you, I don't know if we ever would have been friends in any other situation except living next to each other. You know what I mean? Like she's 10 years older than me. I mean, she's actually raising her grandchildren, um, okay. but we've come to rely on each other so much that she really is the one that it's like, Hey, do you have spaghetti at your house? Cause I swore I had noodles and I don't, you know, or, um, you know, the other day, it's she saves egg cartons for me because of the chickens or we're sending over cookies or something for the kids. Um, popsicles in the summer, you know, in the yard. It just, it, it really is a relationship that works and I'm so fortunate to have her. Yeah, we've interviewed like 14 or 15 different parents at this point and I don't remember anyone that had a neighbor next door that they could rely on we have a lot of neighbors but they're all in very <laughs> different phases of life than us so yeah you know you we don't have that to rely on really close so that's super fortunate i'm jealous yeah well and and that's it too i i know exactly what you're saying because we do have um it's a very um older neighborhood um ourselves too so both um neighbors on the right and directly across the street are um you know, older families and we'll speak, we'll wave, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, Melissa's the one that if I say, hey, I'm running late from work, can you grab, you know, the girl off of the bus? She's like, yep, got her, no problem. You, know? <laughs> you want her to start on her homework? And I'm like, yes, please. You know, that's, and I, I really am so fortunate to have her. And I know if she was right here, she would say the same thing about me. So I do big love to her. Shout out Melissa. I need a Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to share about your background or your family? I think I'm good there. 
because we did. We already talked about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we already talked about blended and interracial and um, the wide the wide age gaps too, because that's something that can really be tough um, in second marriages or blended families when you have kids that you're trying to cater to that are 24 and also four. You know, at one point, our older kids used to be the focus of, you know, my husband's life, you know, is, and, and I don't ever want to take away um, anything from that, but then also want to be able to give our youngest, our four-year-old, an experience that feels like she has a cohesive family. And so that's something that I, I don't want to say like I obsess over, but it's something that I really pay attention to, that I want to make sure that nothing is lacking for the youngest, because she was definitely a surprise baby. We we were not um, going to have children. As a matter of fact, we had we had just made the decision that we were um, you know kind of happy uh, were and we were on the way to you know take uh, you know the make the initiative take the steps to to ensure that. <laughs> That's you really wanted to be here. Story. Yeah, I you know what I should probably go ahead and share that story. It's probably a little bit of oversharing, but it, it really is the best and kind of tells you about who we are. But you know, we had um just gotten married in September ourselves. Um he had received a big promotion. I had re received a big promotion in May, the one I had been working for for like four years. He as well. Um he was promoted in June. And we got married in September and we thought, oh my goodness, we have made it. And I turned 40 in October that year. I'm living my best life. You know, I'm doing like the paleo diet. I'm running. I'm, you know, taking all the vitamins. I'm like women's health after 40, rah, 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 right? What they don't tell you is that women's health after 40 is also pretty much the trying to conceive recipe at home. Like that's the DIY version. Of it. And so I missed two pills at Thanksgiving, just kind of like in the craziness we were traveling, you know, and um, I said, oh, it's no big deal. When I get back home on Sunday, I'll start a new pack. Everything will be great. No big deals. No worries. Right. Um, and then... New Year's Eve, we go out with friends down in Cincinnati, do it up big, hadn't done it that way in years. I mean, hung out all night, eating pizza off the food truck at three o'clock in the morning, kind of hang out. You know, I'm 40 years old. I don't do that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> and then um, the next morning we wake up, we're in the hotel and I'm brushing my teeth and I kind of gag a little bit. And I'm like, oh, that's probably the tequila. And then like three days later, I'm still gagging, brushing my teeth. And I'm like, that's not the tequila anymore. It lasts <laughs> a little a longer when you're 40. <laughs> no, I took a test and I, I, and I had lib in August. So yeah, that, was, that was me finding out I was pregnant. So that was, that was our surprise baby. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that we had ever planned, but here we are and she definitely keeps us on our toes. 
Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. So how does, <laughs> how does your day start? What, what time do folks start to wake up and what happens first? So normally me and dad get up around five thirty, six o'clock. We alternate who takes a shower first. It's just who's ever ready to get out of the bed first. Then the 10-year-old gets up probably not too far long after that at about 6.45, 6.50. Um, and then the youngest, the four-year-old, gets up at around 7. Everybody has showers in the morning, get dressed, hair brushed, all that. The 10-year-old gets on the bus around 8. And then I head into work, dropping the four-year-old off at preschool. We work all day and then come home around 4. 4.30 or so. Then there's normally dinner. Um, the 10-year-old is um, extracurriculars with uh, cheerleading, lots of practices. She's in the gym probably about three days a week, three to four days a week. So is that um, through school or practice. do you? Sorry. Um, she actually does both. No, she actually does both. I, so I can get crazy cheer mom too, but I'll limit myself there, <laughs> but um, she does competitive cheer right now in this season, sideline through, you know, school community rec cheer won't start until um, late July and then we'll run through the fall for football season. But yeah, she does both. She, that's her, that's her jam and I'm just driving and paying for it. <laughs> so supportive. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say that because I do volunteer um, coach for her rec league, which is, you know, another dynamic of, you know, coaching your own child, especially in um, definitely an all-inclusive, you know, atmosphere that we have now that you, that you want to make sure that each child has a chance to participate, especially in cheerleading, that each, you know, athlete has a chance to, to shine and, and to develop skills and that type of thing. So she knows the difference between mom who has a coach voice and mom who has mom voice. But right now we're in competitive cheer and I just sit on the bleachers, yell my head off and wear all the glitter, all the sparkles and, you know, carrier bag. And you said that's three <laughs> nights a week? Three nights a week right now. Yeah, it can be, you know, a lot and overwhelming. But um, again, when you go back and you talk about um, building your support system and your network, I've been lucky enough to team up with another mom and we carpool. You know, it's a matter of just you know, who's picking up and dropping off this evening just to, you know, give us, you know, some breaks. Yeah. So what does it look like after sort of after everybody gets home in the afternoon? Normally we have homework, just kind of checking in, making sure everything's done. The youngest, she normally wants to play with the dogs, go outside and do some things. So we try to make sure that we carve out some time for that. Um, as I said, we've got some outdoor animals. So we're um, feeding the chickens and going and getting the eggs and you know, changing and cleaning out waters, taking care of the outdoor dogs. While we're normally taking, doing those items as parents, um, the younger daughter is normally running around, helping, riding on her power wheel, playing on, you know, her swing set. She's right there in the mix too, helping. Uh, we normally have dinner probably around seven o'clock, 6.37 if 
just depending on where we are as far as practices. And then we clean up eight o'clock, 8.30, everybody's wrapping up for the night. Everybody has dinner together? Yes. Maybe sometimes we're not always necessarily like sitting at the table together, but definitely the kids are. I'm kind of like up either sitting with them. Sometimes I'm standing at the counter eating while I'm multitasking. Dad's normally either at the table or in his recliner, but we all do like share that meal time together. Um, the thing right now has been Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy <laughs> playing oh. in the background. It's right at that time of day too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. It is. So that's normally going on in the um, background and we're shouting out answers and, um, you know, that kind of thing. But um, we do try to sit down at the table uh, as much as we can just to kind of talk and check in with each other. But there's other times too where, I mean, like we all get it. We just want to get the kids fed, get it done. Sometimes I just need a break where I might just be sitting at the counter, like scrolling through Facebook, just because I've had my name mom called 25 times, you know? Um, And I think that's a, a real thing to say, like, um, not so much that I'm checking out. I've just got half a ear open while I, I'm trying to put some distance in between feeling like I need to be right there hovering um, kind of thing. And I think, you know, my husband takes that kind of time too, whether he's sitting in his recliner and he's got half an ear and about what's going on at the table and, you know, also kind of calling out answers and joking with Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy too. So Do the girls spend time playing together? Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's playing and then fighting and then playing (laughs) and fighting, but they do. Like right now, they're upstairs. Um, Neither of them have school tomorrow. So um, they're laying in the 10-year-old's bed watching a movie right now. So they do. They play together. Um, Well, especially if it's a decent enough day, They'll go out on the trampoline and the 10-year-old will spend quite a bit of time like helping the four-year-old with cartwheels and front rolls. And she likes that instructor um, kind of, you know, a little bit of bossy role, but she she enjoys spending time with her sister that way too. What does it look like when things wind down in the evening? We are definitely, um, as soon as dishes are done and the the dishwasher's going we both take showers lay down in bed and we'll watch an episode of whatever it is that we're binging on right now so whether it's a netflix show or fbi for that night or i'm a big fan of law and order so whatever is yeah (laughs) we'll do an hour of that and then we're out you're doing the current (laughs) stuff or like the old school stuff the following nine minute law and order conversation has been edited for brevity. Dun dun. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the evenings. <laughs> what about what um, are we doing? <laughs> what about bedtime routine for the girls? What does that look like? They fully shower, wash hair, shampoo on Wednesday nights and Saturday nights because we do shower every morning before school. But Wednesday and Saturday nights are the nights that we like fully bath, shampoo, condition, brush out hair, all that kind of stuff. Um, But normally in the evenings, it's um, 
a, a quick face wash, brush teeth. Libby is, she wants a half an hour of TV before it goes off. And I feel awful about that, but I'm just going to go ahead and raise my hand and say, I'm that parent. Um, well, she has a sleep timer. <laughs> and, um, she watches something age appropriate. And then she's just like, TV goes off, I go night night. Like, we could read and talk beforehand, but that's still kind of where she's at. And I mean, I, I'm okay with it. There's going to be bigger battles to fight, you know, later on. I, I, if that's what it is, it's it's what it is. And Layla is, uh, she's my 10 year old. I forgot that it's okay. You don't have to edit her name out or anything, but she's, um, she's kind of like depending on what nights what night it is there's wednesday night practices that she's not home until 20 till 10. so um it's a late night for her uh practice gets out at 9 9 15 and if i'm carpooling by the time i drop the other um you know teammates off and get home you know it's it's 9 40 before we're rolling in the house she might have a quick bite to eat and just kind of wash up and brush her teeth and and go to bed so that's definitely you know not a, a storybook or story time kind of nighttime but it's functional for for who we are in our lives yeah, I, I think a lot about screen time, especially TV stuff, like the social media and stuff. Like, I understand where that can be harmful and less regulated, but I don't know. Back in the day, like, you can read, like, newspapers and stuff about people who are concerned with kids who are spending too much time reading books. Like, it's just, it's the new technology. And so it's, I don't know, we're not very um, militant about screen time restrictions. yeah. With my older one, I was definitely the first time mom wanting to make sure that everything was perfect, listening to, you know, the talking points, you know, that you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, you know, my 10-year-old my didn't have soda until she was five, you know? The youngest one was like, I don't know, probably 14 months and was like sipping Diet Coke at the pizza parlor, you know? Like, it, it changes for you, of course, with... Um, each child. And I'll also say too, the difference between having um, a daughter after or a child after 40, just tired. And then you throw in the pandemic and stay <laughs> at home too. Like we were just trying to survive. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Are you, planning you said you're hybrid from work. So you're at home some days or Yes, I, I'm in the office three days a week and then home too. My job, once we stayed home for quite a bit of time and then they did the plan to re-enter us back into the buildings, they realized that they were going to lose quite a bit of people if they didn't offer a hybrid position. So they just made it pretty much a company policy that um, you know, unless you were required to be in the office five days a week, um, you could only need to report at least two, uh, three, whether or not you needed to check with your supervisor. But I, I'm in a position where I could do two days in the office, but I, I do three just to, to make sure that the coverage is there. And we still pretty much have a very paper-laden office, so I'm still dependent on mail and 
you know, making sure I'm scanning documents and, and those types of things to stay on top of it. But the two days um, at home are definitely a blessing. And like I said, I, I, I am able to have a flexible enough schedule that I can get the youngest or get the 10 year old on the bus and, and be here when she gets home. So we don't have to worry about childcare for her. Is that Wednesday and Friday? Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, I'm home. I just guessed. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if I, so Monday is like, okay, back to the office, get your head on straight. Let's get the to-do to -do list going. Tuesday's cleanup day. Wednesday's pretty chill. Thursday, you know, wrap up, take care of the things you need. <laughs> and then Friday feels kind of relaxed and you're like into the weekend. So yeah. Makes sense. It's funny. I try to tell people all the time, if you can pick it, that's that's kind yeah. of where I'm coming from, what that's you what need I would to do. do. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Friday at like 3, 3 o'clock, 3.30, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> I can still hear my phone. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode of Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast and want to be a member of our patreon you can do so for three dollars a month to receive video episodes of the podcast or if you want to be on the podcast good luck with that we're pretty booked <laughs> but you could always send us a message on social media links are in the show notes at everyday parents pod on instagram is our most active one or you could email us at everyday pod at gmail.com See you soon. Um, so I got three questions to wrap up the podcast here. First, okay. uh, what would you say has been your biggest parenting win recently or your mm. parenting joy? Because I felt like I wrote something down. So I did. I talked about um, I talked about Christmas, right? This Christmas was definitely um, my my favorite. I mean, we we had the matching pajamas, even the older children. They were over here by 8.30. We opened up presents, had uh, breakfast together. It just, it really felt like, it felt like home to me. You know, it felt like we had created our family tradition. So um, definitely this past Christmas was it. But even then we've continued to talk um, you know, each week, make plans, um, you know, have the dinners after, but that was definitely a big win, big, big win. And I, I, I can't take full credit for it, but um, I think that I allowed myself to be open and honest enough to say that this is important for me. I hope that as my older children, you would show up um, for me and for your younger siblings. Um, so we could have this together um, and then not being scared of rejection too. So it was kind of like a, a parenting and a personal, a personal one for me. I don't want to pull you off this cloud, but what would you say has been a parenting challenge for you recently? Oh. I should ask these in opposite order. I know opposite order, right? So I can end on a high note, <laughs> but no, um, be the 10 year old. She is going through a very sassy phase right now. So you know how you have that 
my kid would never, ever, ever, ever. And here your kid is never, ever, ever. And just like they would never, ever do in your head. Like that's her right now. I actually cried at um, her parent teacher conference this week. Um, It was quite an embarrassing moment for me, but um, it was also to hear two or three teachers talk about her potential and how she's easily distracted by other students and how that is affecting her grades. Like I did, I started crying right there sitting in one of those little plastic chairs. Like I just, I didn't know what to do. I had never felt that emotion before, but it was like, I watch her and I think so much of her and I don't want to put too much pressure on her, but on the other hand, to um, just hear that negative feedback, I don't want to call it a fail, but it was just one of those moments where it was like, what could I have done better and am I doing my best kind of deal. So we we made some changes, you know, to our schedule and I didn't want to necessarily call them consequences, but, you know, it was just kind of a little bit of a reality check for, you know, myself as a mom and and definitely for her as a, you know, as a daughter and, and as a student and as a student athlete, you know, if the time that we put in and to the extracurriculars and the commitment, that same energy needs to, you know, be matched in the classroom. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, we expect. So even though she's 10, you know, going to be 11 here in a couple of months, um, I just think that this is that age where you want to kind of catch it a, a, a little bit quickly and you don't want it to slide too much. Um, her teacher said something that impacted me so um, heavily where she talked about how even though it's only fifth grade right now, um, in two years it's going to be seventh grade and things that she is doing right now that seem funny or, um, you know, for attention are going to be seen as defiant. Um, as a grader and middle school teachers may not be willing to put in the same amount of effort that an elementary school teacher would put into. They may just write it off as this is a defiant child. And, you know, so hearing those, you know, those words and, and having that conversation was just, it was extremely tough. And it was, it was like, is this sassy? Is this hormonal? Is there something else going on? Um, mm. it, it was just a kind of a gut check, you know? So what would you say are some ways that you take time for yourself throughout a day or a week or you and, or your husband, like when you guys aren't in full parent mode, what do you do to unwind or relax? So we, we like to hike. Um, he's very outdoorsy. So we, right now we've been working through like the thousand hours outside challenge. I don't know if you guys have ever seen I've that seen one on but it's, yeah it's just kind of a you know we're not following it too heavy but just kind of using it to inspire us um so where we live at Dayton uh Metro Parks Five Rivers Metro Parks there's I mean just incredible trails out there so we've been doing that um in the springtime when we get out it's fishing and on the water and as much as we can be um spring breaks coming up so i'm super excited about that so um, we're going to take a trip down to alabama down to our favorite beach but just during the week we we try to just 
you know, spend some time together, maybe have a, a, a beer at the table and talk a little bit. Um, like I said, we'll watch a show. Um, yeah, that's right. And if we, yeah, and if we get a chance to, you know, go out and have dinner, we'll, we'll do that too. We do lunch a lot. That's kind of our thing since we work together. Um, it's easier for us to kind of take um, a longer lunch, like an hour and a half lunch and spend some time that way and not have to worry about getting a sitter, or, you know, that type of thing. So that that's kind of enjoyable too, to be able to spend time together as a couple. That's all I got. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate the opportunity um, to speak with you guys and, and with your audience and um, thanks. It's been enjoyable. Yeah. So nice to have you. Shana from south of Shipshawana. What a treat. Where's Shipshawana? Uh, Shipshawana is in northeastern Indiana. And oh, if my Mich understanding of... Michiana, then. South of Shipshawana in Michiana. Shana. If my understanding of Ohio geography is correct, which it may not be. After we ended recording, we talked with Shauna a little bit more about her experience homesteading and having the chickens and the hunting dogs and how we didn't really get to talk about that much on our episode, but it's like an entire other life um, to be able to describe and you can actually hear about it on the Barnyard Language podcast. Yes, she did an episode for them back in September. I will link to it in the show notes. But that was how we found her, and so I listened to that episode, and I got this picture of a complete and busy person. And then over the course of talking to her about her life with her children, I completely forgot about this other person. And so I had like an aha moment after the interview, and it was just, I both had a ton of questions and was dumbstruck into silence. And felt the need to tell all of you about it afterwards. Thank you for listening. See you in a couple weeks. Caitlin, do you know the capital of Ohio? Columbus. Ooh, good one. <laughs>